0: But I kept the matter in my heart. We're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. Folks, I'm at my wits end. We're going to talk about the death of common sense. And social media killed it. Social media is a net negative for our society and especially for the church. Now, does that mean that I think that we need to get off of social media? Well, God forbid, because then if Christians got off of social media, then that's just seeding ground to the devil. That that would be the same as saying, well, television is a net negative on society, so Christians don't need to put good content on television. Yeah. Yeah, see how that works? So it's a true statement. And the only way to combat it, well, there's two ways to combat it, is completely nix social media. Folks, that that's 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 naive. It'll never happen. So my suggestion is we need as Christians to be on social media. But we need to quit being stupid. We need to quit being idiots. Idiotes. Go look that word up in the Greek. We need to stop. Social media has dumbed down Christians. It's dumbed down society, but Christians have suffered no no less for it. Pardon me, I'm really enjoying my coffee. Um... Matthew twelve, thirty-six through thirty-seven. I cannot bring that to mind. Anyway, um good morning everybody. John Exum, Sue Ross, Terry Crooks, Diana Harden. It's good to see you. Uh before listen, I, I'm just going to do a really hard segue that's going to be kind of jarring. Um let me put this captions up. We're going to hear a word from our sponsor, and then we're going to downshift and, and put the pedal to the metal. Contact Lindsay, Lindsay Dotson at gmail.com. We love having sponsors for the show. She's been a sponsor. It's Aaron Dotson's wife, Full Transparency, and she's been hired because of the ad that we've done. And if you have an ad you'd like us to run, we'll run it, talk to us, and and it it won't cost you very much. And it'll help us promote the show, or it'll help us finance the show. Are you part of a church congregation seeking effective ways to spread the word about your event? Well, look no further. Lindsay Dotson specializes in designing modern advertisements for churches, whether it's flyers, postcards, or social media graphics. Lindsay's got you covered. Reach out through a private message on Facebook or, and this one is the most preferable, send an email to lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com for more details. Don't miss this opportunity to make your message resonate both far and wide. Contact Dotson at gmail.com today. Ah, yeah. For by for by thy words, thou shalt be justified, and by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. Good deal. Yeah, that that one needs to be. That 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 we need to we need to think about these things, and we need to think about as far as our actions go. Listen, here I'm gonna I'm gonna open the the meat of the podcast here with the, with my social media golden rule, and I'm gonna explain to you how I dictate. Or how I dictate. I'm gonna to explain to you how this passage dictates how I behave on social media. And it's funny, I catch flack for this, oddly enough. I've had people say that I'm not right, that that, that I'm I'm incorrect in my application of this principle to my life as far as I behave on social media. All right. First Thessalonians chapter four, um, verse nine beginning. But it's touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia, but we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. And and here, here's the point of interest: that you study, then let's give diligence to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands, as we have commanded you. And then the purpose for that that you may walk honestly towards them that are without, and that you may have lack of nothing. Folks, let me tell you something. Observe the Passover. If you cannot put a comment, a dissenting comment, on somebody else's Facebook page and not act like a complete idiot over it, then you do not need to be putting dissenting comments on anybody's Facebook I have a cardinal rule that in the last probably six or seven years, I have broken very, very rarely. I do not offer a dissenting comment on somebody else's platform that I don't control. I will offer a dissenting comment, for instance, in the We Talk Truth group, if somebody posts something in the Christianity Now Facebook group, I'll put a dissenting comment, but I control those groups. I control when the, if, 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 the, if the conversation turns into an argument that's fruitless and it gets out of hand, I moderate those groups and I can shut it down. Okay? If everyone would treat their Facebook, if you're a Christian, If you would treat your Facebook or your social media platform, whatever it is, as a ministry and treat everybody else's as a ministry, then we wouldn't have so much infighting in the Lord's church. In other words, I could put a post on Facebook such as, in order to be an elder, you have to be the husband of one wife. Or in order to be an elder, you have to be married. I did that a few years ago, and I can't remember exactly how I worded it. But it caused such a fight between gospel preachers that I was just like, good grief, y'all have totally negated any good that would have been done with this very thought provoking statement. Because I, I didn't care what your pet view is about whether or not an elder can remain an elder after his wife dies. I was putting this out there because I have many Christians within my area of influence on social media, excuse me, many non-Christians in my area of influence on social media who are mistaken about the organization of the church, and some of those people are even uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who send out little 16-year-old missionaries and call them elder, and they're not married, nor are they old. So the arguing and the infighting under that comment totally negated anything good that could have come from it. And it's because these gospel preachers, I think, I, 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 let, me, let me tell you a statement that I wrote, and I've got some notes to talk about this. I think it is so important for these people that their belief is validated. Because they are not confident enough to just keep it to themselves and let other people be wrong. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm not talking about the gospel. I'm not saying that you need to be confident enough in your position in the gospel that you keep your mouth shut about the gospel. I'm talking about matters of academic pursuit, matters of discussion where people disagree. The only reason that you should start an argument with somebody or correct somebody is if it is a damnable offense, and then it needs to be handled very, very specifically in, in, a, in a godly way. But a drive-by, quote-unquote drive-by shooting, metaphorically, on Facebook is not the answer. <laughs> what a complete doofus. Yeah, you ban people that do not agree with you in your personal theology. No, I don't. I absolutely do not. I ban people who bear false witness against me. And I ban people who argue in bad faith, Matthew T. Adams, which you did. You argued in bad faith. You bore false witness. You came in with an attitude. You're not on my friends list. You went you've never you've never talked to me whatsoever. You've developed no particular kind of relationship with me at all and you come in making accusations and you're not even the you're not even who I'm talking about because you are not a Christian. It is evident from your actions and from your statements that you have not obeyed the gospel and you are outside the fold of Jesus Christ. Philip S. Carman's Garland Elkins on the Donahue show was a great example for us. He was so calm when the audience was just berating him. Absolutely. Matthew T. Adams says, I told the truth. You're a liar. You're a hellbound liar is all you are. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, b- but again, you're you're in here and you're speaking to me this way. And I'm going to block you from commenting, but you're going you're gonna to still go out there and run your mouth about me and talk about how terrible I am when that's the social media equivalent of punching somebody in the face and then crying foul because you broke a knuckle. Nobody invited you to my comment section. Nobody invited you to my page. You took it upon yourself to come. Now, I may be wrong. I may be a judgmental false teacher, but what good does it do you to act like that? That's right. Thanks for blocking. We don't need that here. Yes. In fact, let me. All right. Of course you are. Yes, you are teaching false doctrine. Well, no, I'm not. But again, it, it doesn't matter. All right, we should have that taken care of. Um, I blocked him on the restream chat. He should be done. Yes, but Matthew has done nothing but judge, hey, hey, Alabama. That That's the that's the hyper hypocrisy of that accusation. So, yeah, Matthew T. just proved my point. Yes. Like, th- this this person is a complete stranger. He's never, look, I understand if you're walking, let's, let's say you're, you're at the Grand Canyon. Do you realize if somebody falls over the edge, they're going to die. So if somebody is running towards the edge and they don't understand for some reason, they don't understand the Grand Canyon is deep and you're going to die. If you go over the edge, if it's a complete stranger, you do, even if it's a complete stranger, you do whatever it takes. Like, you may have to tackle them to keep them from falling to their death. I get that, okay? Now, on your personal Facebook page or, or a business page that you have or a group that you have, put out what you want to put out. Put out the truth to save people's souls. And you should be able to do that without having other people come in and do what, sadly, many of my brethren do. This this podcast and this rant is not even about this cat named Matthew. It's about my own brethren. Now, back to the idea of this post that I put out years ago about elders. Any good that could have come from it was done. Incidentally, I'll tell you why I called Matthew a liar. The post that I put out is, you don't need the Holy Spirit to understand the Bible. And he accused me of saying, of robbing people of the Holy Spirit and claiming that we don't need the Holy Spirit at all. Well, that's false. That's that's Proverbs chapter 6. These six things the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination, bearing false witness, folks. I, I've I've never said we don't need the Holy Spirit. We need the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit without those three working together For our salvation, we are hopeless. But you don't need the Holy Spirit to be able to understand the Bible because the Holy Spirit was able to communicate what he wrote good enough for you to understand in the first place. You don't need any extra help. That's the point. And the Bereans prove that. The noble Bereans in Acts chapter 17, 10, 11, and 12 prove that. And and we'll talk about that before the podcast is over. Yeah, from the same mouth comes blessing and curses, my brethren. These things ought not so to be. What's up? The sword and pearl. Good to see you. And uh, you just if you're just coming in now, you missed a little bit of drama. Um, I promise I'm not just a, I'm just not an old hateful white dude. I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty jovial. I mean, there, there's folks, there's folks that think I'm, I'm Santa Claus. In fact, uh, there were a few times whenever on, on Halloween, whenever I was passing out candy, LaBeth was working. Uh, I can't remember. It was just me and, and Anthony, no LeBeth and, and Abigail was at a ladies class. Halloween was on a Tuesday and, um, the trick or treaters were coming to the door and I loved it. I sat on a stool on the stoop and I just, I had a bunch of candy and I just, piled it on and some of them little kids would kind of look at me and i said don't worry you won't be so nervous about me when i see you in december and they would smile they thought i was santa claus (laughs) and if i don't lose some weight buddy i'm i'm going to be resigned to the role i've got i've let myself go up here in canada i've got to get i've got to get ready um yeah, some folks have an ax to grind. Put that ax into its place. Anyway, let, let, me, let me talk about this. I, I wrote this. I think it is so important for these folks who come in and I, I'm, we're, we're, I'm going to show you from the comment section an example. Of If you're a stranger, how to offer a descent on someone else's timeline and not have it go south. And then I'm going to show you from another Christian how to come in and not offer a descent. In other words, this person should have observed the Passover and, and gone on. And because of this last person, I wrote in my personal notes, I think it is so important for these people that I validate their belief because they are not confident enough in it to keep te- to keep quiet and let me be wrong. Here's the thing: if if you believe that Acts chapter two thirty eight and the gift of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit Himself, and you believe in a non miraculous indwelling, I think you're wrong. I don't think you can prove that with Scripture. I think that is contra wise to what the scriptures teach, but I don't think you're going to hell. And you're my brother in Christ. And I'm not going to pick a fight with you on your Facebook page if you put out content that that is commensurate with that belief, a belief with which I happen to disagree. But I am confident enough, I'm confident enough in my belief that I will let you have your belief and I'm not going to try to come on your Facebook page and make you affirm my belief. Okay? Does that bother you? In fact, if you believe that Acts 2.38 and the gift of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit himself, and that's that's the literal indwelling that's non-miraculous, you must have to believe then that I am wrong. And I am absolutely okay with that. We be brethren. But it would be the height of foolishness. It would be the most hateful thing in the world for me to come onto your social media and try to prove you wrong publicly. Yeah, Melissa Price, I understood your post. I knew someone would take offense. Absolutely. Um. Uh-oh, Sue Ross, sound. Oh, sound is back. It must have been me, she says. Good deal. Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, it's again, why is this? Well, I think it's because of social media. Um, I've got one, two, three, four reasons. Um, social media, common sense is dead and social media killed it. I think emotional reactivity is promoted over rational discourse. Okay. Social media platforms are designed to captivate the attention of its users. Content that triggers strong emotional responses, whether it's anger, joy, fear, or humor, tends to get more engagements. In other words, likes, shares, and comments. This design has resulted in an overemphasis of emotional content and an overemphasis on the importance. Of emotions. Folks, I said from the pulpit. uh, (laughs) We should not divide, but that does not mean we cannot disagree sometimes. Absolutely. Well, in fact, listen, Drew Leonard is a perfect one. Okay. This is going to get a little highbrow, highfalutin. Darius the Mede in Daniel chapter... Uh, 5, the very last verse. And then Daniel chapter 6 begins that chapter with a, with a Darius. There are a large contingent of very scholarly men that through their study have concluded that these are two different Dariuses. There are also a large contingent of very scholarly men that have concluded that these are the same Dariuses. Does that fact harm, whatever one you believe, does it harm the message of the book of Daniel overall? No, it doesn't. But I like scholarly pursuits like that. And right now, my library is about a thousand miles away, so I don't have Drew Leonard's commentary on Daniel. I shot him a private message. I said, hey, is the Darius of chapter five the same as the Darius of chapter six? Um I can't remember his name now. Hold on a second. I've got the commentary right here. The oh oh hey hey Alabama. Yeah, sometimes we're saying the same things, the same thing differently, and it's because of this emotional reactivity over rational discourse that these unstable people they can't process what another person is saying because their initial reaction is this person is disagreeing with me. But bear with me just a second. I got it. Dr. Rex A. Turner. Rex Turner makes a good case in his commentary on Daniel that the Darius of Daniel 5 and the Darius of Daniel 6 are the same person, or excuse me, are different people. When I said that to Drew Leonard, he said, well, I don't take that position. I said, Drew, can you can you can you expound on it? I said, I would just go read your commentary, but it's it's a thousand miles away. And old Drew hooked me up. He he because I'd already bought his commentary and had a copy of it, he he went ahead and sent me a digital copy, which is the the dot com. Now don't go to Drew and ask him for a digital copy of his commentary. Go buy his commentary. But my point is this he says, go read pages and he told me what to read, and he said whether you agree with me or not, come back and let me know. That's the way Drew and mine's relationship is. He, if the, the last time I talked to him, he takes a different interpretation of, first, uh, of, of the book of John, chapter 14, 1 through 6, than me. Do you know what I've never felt the need to do? Is when I see something that, that, that he does with which I, with which I disagree. I have never felt the need to try to make him affirm my position with which he would disagree. Why are those things? Well, because we're interested more over in rational discourse and we don't really care about emotional reactivity All right. An over reliance. Social media has killed common sense because it has fomented an over reliance on group opinions. I shared an article, I I wrote rather an article on Substack that someone took umbrage with. And it was about how we don't need to understand, we don't need the Holy Spirit to be able to understand the Bible. Or, no, no, no. God doesn't speak to us today. Uh, it was in a prayer it was in a it was in an article about prayer in which i made one comment about prayer is a two-way conversation where we talk to god and then talk, god talks to us but not directly because not only will not god do that he cannot do that meaning he's bound by his word okay and this dude went nuts he he restacked my article Called me out as a false teacher, got it. I mean, just made fun of me. I used the word juxtaposition and he quoted that word juxtaposition and laughed at me. He said, I see what you do. He said, You <laughs> it's just, it would be, it would be sad, or, or it would be, it would be funny if it weren't so tragic, or maybe it would be more tragic to bear if you couldn't laugh at it. I don't know one of those two, maybe a little bit of both. But he said, I see what you do. He said, you use big words whenever people ask you questions. Then you talk to them like they're stupid. And I'm like, all I said was, I'm not sure about the juxtaposition of verbal and nonverbal communication when, when talking about how God communicates. But let me answer this the way I understand your question to be. And then I answered the question. Dude he this an over-reliance on group opinions in the discourse if you could call it that that we had he said i produce a podcast i talk to you know hundreds of christians a year who all believe the same thing that i do i've never talked to anybody that believe what you believe you need to get you need to study this and you need to talk to other christians that and i'm like well so you're you're thinking that i'm i'm alone You're triangulating me, and you're thinking that your opinion is worth more than mine because you've got a group of people surrounding you? And then within a 30-second Google search, I found an article written by the Billy Graham Association that laid out the case pretty good, I might add, about why God no longer talks to us directly as he did in the days of old. And I'm like, wow, argumentum ad authoritarium. Uh, he's pointing to the argument from authority fallacy. Yes, and, and here's the thing, um, everybody, like, if, like John, if you and I had an argument about something, we would both be appealing to authority, but we would have to hammer out an, uh, an authority to which we could appeal that we both found authoritative. So the cool thing is, if we're having an argument, you and I both are going to appeal to the Bible. So, but, 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 author, but argumentum ad authoritarium is a logical fallacy that is just appealing to authority for authority's sake. And it's not necessarily an authority that both people that's participating in the discourse agrees is an authority, if that makes sense. All right. So, social media often acts as an amplifier of group opinions, where the views and behaviors of others are highly visible and influential. This is why the LGBT community seems so loud. This visibility can create a sense of social pressure to conform to the prevalent opinions within one's network or community. And, incidentally, furthermore, I might add, I believe that something that happens is These people who are not confident enough to live life without validation, without external validation, they alter and compromise with the group opinion, and then it creates within their core a dissonance that is uncomfortable because it creates anxiety because they are not living according to their true selves. I think Jordan Peterson in his 12 rules for life one of them is always tell the truth or at least don't lie. And that that one of that rule kind of touches that never ever say anything or believe anything or do anything that you don't believe is true. Well look man if 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 we're discuss if you and I are 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 sparring around on this issue of the gift of the holy spirit in acts 238 don't you dare affirm my position just because you feel like you need to affirm my position to to keep me as a friend or to stay in my good graces or whatever. For one, I don't want people around me like that. That's a sign of weakness. I want people around me, and, and that, that's a common myth. I, I, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to not talk as much about me as I do. Um, but this, this cogitations podcast is more like a therapy session. It's more like a, 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 practicing or me ordering my thoughts. So it is about me a lot. And I don't, I should probably shouldn't do that. But anyway, uh, I'd probably have more followers if, I m- maybe did cogitations two or three times a week and then. The other times a week, like maybe three episodes of Cogitations, but two episodes of an entirely different podcast that was more traditional and just focused on bringing a lesson. Anyway, um, where was I at? And why did I say that? Oh, yeah. um, It is a by people who do not like me. It is a very popular accusation. And a common accusation to say, Tony thinks he's always right. Tony is unbendable. Tony doesn't want people around him that challenge him and disagree with him. And that is absolutely not the case. I absolutely love having people around me that challenge me. Because if I don't have people around me who challenge me, then I will never know how strong I am, really. Now I would rather be challenged by someone who is my friend, to where if I don't rise to the challenge, then I don't get hurt, because my friend isn't going to hurt me; they're going to help me once I once I realize I've fallen short. However, if you never have people around you who challenge you, that challenge your ways of thinking, challenge your behaviors, whatever. In other words, if all you surround yourself with is yes men, then what's going to happen is you are going to meet a male- a malevolent force that does challenge you, and because you're not used to being challenged, you will fall short. But the problem is this time the person, the malevolent force that challenged you where you fell short, that force is bent on hurting you. So it's much better to have people around you who challenge you who argue with you but are strong enough in their own convictions that they can allow you to have your convictions and you're both stronger for it. I don't know. Maybe there's a verse in Proverbs that succinctly sums that up. Maybe some of you folks in the audience can go to Proverbs and find a verse that succinctly conveys that message. Oh, cool! Diana Harden says, "Um, I like your approach, and you make it more personal." Oh man, I don't know what's going on with the, yeah. You're, Ted, you're the second. Well, I don't. Well, he can't hear me. Um, I was going to say, Ted, I, you're the second person that says something about the sound. If somebody could put it in the comments to Ted, and say, "Um, uh, refresh his page or something like that." Or maybe if, if, if those of you that are watching on YouTube, could you copy the link and then post the link on uh, the comment section in the Facebook page somewhere where Ted could see it? Um, that reminds me of what Brother Waycaster would say. How did I get on that, Tom Waycaster? Oh, yeah, I remember. I, I, I had a, I had a excursus and I forgot where I was at. Um, all right. So, uh, you have, this over-reliance on group opinions. Awesome. Ted's got it. That's great. So he, he, this is one of the ways that social media has killed common sense. It acts as an amplifier for views and people typically find their own, their own people. Um, this can lead to a herd mentality where individuals align their views with those of their group often without critically evaluating the information themselves it can diminish the value placed on independent thinking and informed personal judgment as the emphasis shifts to aligning with the collective viewpoint and i put forth to you that these people who are prone to run all over facebook and argue that they are not secure enough in, them own, in their own selves that they will they will um Compromise their core beliefs, and they will create a type of dissonance in their core, and they will live in a state of anxiousness, a state of anxiety. And what is the stress hormone? You got dopamine, you got serotonin, but then the the, the, those are the two good ones. Then you got the is it cortisol? No, it's not cortisol. Don't make fun of me. I'm not a doctor. Anyway, they'll release that stress hormone. And your body breaks down. Science has proven that. All right. So a third way that social media has killed common sense is echo chambers and confirmation bias. So this all this means is you're not going to see stuff on Facebook that really challenges you. Now, there's a sense in which that's okay. Because social media really should be a form of escapism, but I digress. Let's, let's 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 consult my notes here. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Uh that's a good one. That's not the one I was thinking of, John, but Proverbs seventeen seventeen. I tell you the one I was thinking is iron sharpens iron. I want to hang around people who are hard enough to challenge me, but who still love me. That way, when a malevolent force challenges me, I know how much I can take. I know when I need to call in help, and I know I can handle being challenged. The prevalence of these echo chambers excuse me, algorithms on social media platforms tend to show users content that aligns with their previous interactions and stated preferences. This creates a feedback loop where users are more likely to encounter opinions and informations that reinforce their existing beliefs, i.e. confirmation bias. Um, yes, Ted, I know. And I ain't going to lie to you, I feel some kind of way about it. Um, I weighed in with a video about why the controversy. I don't understand why the controversy. If you want to dress up, dress up. If you don't, don't. But you can't. It's detrimental to the cause of Christ to put out content on social media that makes the people who do dress up feel bad. In fact, I I believe it's in violation of 1 Corinthians 14. I have a liberty where I can go to church dressed in a flip-flops and a pair of blue jeans and a shirt, and my conscience is not bothered. But some people's conscience is bothered if they go in anything less than business casual or above. According to the last two verses of 1 Corinthians 14, I keep my mouth shut about my liberty, and I let those people say whatever they want to about their scruple. I think we've missed the mark. Nuance cannot be felt, Angie B. Nuance is, or Facebook is where nuance goes to die. You are so correct. I've been accused of oh hold on, I've been accused of being in an echo chamber when I was an MSOP because I did not go along with someone's views on MDR and New Heaven or NH so marriage divorce and remarriage and New Heaven and New Earth yeah and and that that's John that's that's the that's the weapon of these folks that are not confident enough in their own position. Look, the people that believe in the New Heaven and New Earth, they will they will say they will affirm. Well, if you don't believe in this, it's not a salvation issue. Okay, then why are you so bent on me affirming your position? Why can't you just keep your mouth shut and let me be wrong? Now, marriage, marriage, divorce, and remarriage is a little bit different. Um, marriage, divorce, and remarriage is a salvation issue for sure. And certain tenets of new heaven and new earth is a salvation issue. But, again, well, back to Angie B with the nuance. Facebook is where nuance goes to die. It's very difficult to have a nuanced conversation because I will tell you, my personal conviction is that depending upon the particular brand of the new heaven and new earth, it is not damnable heresy. I know of about 10 preeminent gospel preachers who would withdraw fellowship from me and I am at this point treated like a second class Christian. Oh Ted Knight knows exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not bad enough to withdraw fellowship from, but I'm not good enough to use either. That's that's a second class Christian. I have looked pretty I've I've looked for that article pretty extensively by Global Music. I would love to I if anybody knows of an article that Global Music wrote that something to the effect of secondhand christians i would love to have a copy of it all right so echo chambers the prevalence of an echo chamber limits exposure to diverse viewpoints and information it can lead and i say it does lead to an overestimation of prev or the prevalence or correctness of one's own views and underestimation or ignorance of alternative perspectives folks it's the dunning-kruger effect um let me let me get in here d u n n i n g k r u okay dunning-kruger effect the dunning-kruger effect is a cognitive bias in which people with limited competence in a particular domain overestimate their abilities in other words, some of these people, now I'm going to say something and I'm going to tell you that this is going to sound elitist. I could be accused of being arrogant, but I'm going to say this anyway because it needs to the point needs to be made. Some of these people that come onto these Facebook posts and argue so vehemently are suffering from the Dunning-Kruger effect it's not just that they are ignorant but they are ignorant about that which which about that of which they are ignorant in other words they don't even know what it is that they don't know they greatly overestimate their competency and their area of expertise and it's very difficult as somebody who has studied a, a topic for hundreds or even thousands of hours and, and I mean it I've I've been in the I've been in the assembly where I have taught something from the Bible, and a person that only comes to church on Sunday morning raises his hands and challenges me. And I'm like, you you don't know enough to offer your dissent. Like based on what you said, I've got to go over here and I've got to teach 15 or 20 different things. About which you are ignorant, I, I I can't answer your question because your question is based on so many false suppositions. That's the Dunning Kruger effect, and that is the danger of the echo chamber. Because, well, let me let me put this: um, I do not believe that when Jesus was resurrected. He bore the marks of his, of his torture and his body. According to First John chapter 3, we're going to see him as he is and we're going to be like him. According to First Corinthians chapter 15, we are going to be resurrected and have the same kind of body that Jesus had when he was resurrected. I do not believe for a minute that will be a scarred, marred body. I believe it is going to be a perfect body without spot or blemish, without any kind of physical ailment whatsoever. I do not believe for a minute that Jesus walked around with the wounds of his crucifixion for several reasons. It is not a matter of salvation. And if you would like, I would do an entire podcast explaining my position. But we had a woman that withdrew fellowship from me and subsequently the entire congregation because I taught that publicly. And she said, well, I've talked to three elders and five gospel preachers that say that you're wrong. And I laughed. I said, well, I don't care if the whole world says I'm wrong. It's up to the whole world to give me an argument that causes me to change my position. And I've never heard one. However, I can find you five preachers and three elders, and if we're having an arms race, that are more preeminent than yours. So if we want to start gathering an army and going to war, I guess we can. So what do you do? I said, I don't care what you believe. You don't have to believe what I believe. But you can't be disruptive, and you can't disallow me to teach what I'm going to teach. Anyway, she ended up withdrawing fellowship from me and the entire congregation. Some people tend to rely on their emotions than on facts and truths. Sue Ross, he did—he never asked Thomas to see and touch the scars. That, that's, that's another reason that I don't believe he had the scars. Nowhere in scripture does anybody touch the scars. Grammatically, okay? Now, again, Sue, I don't have enough time to really flesh this out. So just chew on it, okay? Everywhere that Jesus' resurrected body is mentioned, no one interacts with the scars. They're, They're never actually mentioned as if they are existential. Their existence is always assumed. Go read them. It's amazing. Sue Ross, go, <laughs> what did he say? Go read the text. Go read the text and just chew on it. Think about it. He, he Anyway, I, I don't want to get in. I'll, I'll do a podcast about that later. Um. Well, there it is, LSB. Then he said, uh, Thomas, bring your fingers here and see my hands and bring your hands here and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving. Will put it into my side. But it doesn't say anything about scars or open wounds. So I, I will say this, and then we'll move on. The mark of a miracle, and I get this from Acts chapter 4, verse 16. It's got to be notable, manifest to all, and undeniable. Romans chapter 1. Jesus was declared to be the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. Now think about this. You see Jesus walking around. Well, that's the thing, John is not implied. That's the thing there's, there's never a time just read the text and don't read it with the presupposition that Jesus is walking around like a, like a Jewish zombie. If it is the case, and it is, that our whole faith, our whole religion rests on the fact that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, then that miracle has to be undeniable. So if I see Jesus walking down the street and he's got open wounds in his side, in his hand, in his feet, and I see that, I'm going to say, hey, he wasn't resurrected from the dead. I don't know how. He just never died, and somebody nursed him back to health. Because that's how, that, that's, that's how it would happen. In fact, Paul, I don't believe Paul died when he was stoned. His body was probably broken after that. And so you could see Paul walking around bearing the, 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 the marks of his stoning. Now, if it is the case that in order for Thomas to believe, Thomas has to be convinced that Jesus was in fact resurrected and not just nursed back to health, in which he would still have his scars, then Thomas reaching into Jesus' side to feel, when Thomas felt pure, 100% healed flesh, Thomas would drop down and say, my Lord and my God. But if Thomas, and I'm putting myself in Thomas's shoes, if Thomas would have felt and would have felt an open wound, which that's what tradition says, then Thomas would have been like, you never died. You, you, you never died. Somebody just nursed you back to health. Oh, Ted, I had no idea. Ted says, I'm with you. If Jesus had scars, we all will have them, and I don't believe that that's awesome yeah I, I've never said this publicly on a podcast but I'm not the only well Ted believes it but I'm not the only one me and Ted aren't the only ones that, that's come to this conclusion so think about it if if Jesus was walking around and again why why would it only be it just doesn't make sense why would it only be the 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 spear like the the the, the nail marks and the and the spear mark was not the worst wound that he received so why would he still have them in fact it wasn't even the most notable wound think about the scarring you would have on your forehead and in your head whenever they smacked that crown of thorns down and they took a a, a stick about as big as my thumb and hit on it or the the whip of the scourging he would have been, you might not. Mm, I get emotional when I think about the suffering of Jesus. It is very possible that if you looked at the naked torso of Jesus as they were preparing his body for the grave, he would have had so many wounds on his torso, on his chest, and his abdomen that you wouldn't even be able to discern the pierced side wound from all the other wounds. So why are those wounds not present? Why are the why why would the why would the 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 open wound on the side and the feet and the hands be the only ones that's there? It doesn't make any sense. It 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 and incidentally the grammar, the grammar of the Bible doesn't support it. Why did he at one point say touch him not because he was not yet ascended? Uh the Greek word there, Sue, is lumbano. And what he was explaining to Mary is don't take hold of me in and in, in the Greek word, again, we're talking about nuance. Uh the, the Greek word, the nuance of that term, the term labano, is don't don't take hold of me to keep me here. Understand, you're you're I'm 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 basically gone. I haven't I haven't yet ascended but I am no longer for this earth, but, but yeah, so that's, that's why, but, but even still that doesn't have anything to do with, uh, I mean, that's a good question, but it didn't have anything to do with the, the topic of the scars. Um, but yeah, just study, study that Greek word, lombano. Um, it's a, it's a nuanced term. Mm. Okie dokie. Let's look at the instant gratification and reduced attention span. So um <laughs> Rusty Kirby, I'm trying to think of a good one. I was going to say that's like giving drugs to a dope fiend. I said that earlier, and and maybe I shouldn't ha- What? Oh, I'm somewhat overweight. Don't tell anybody, but I think I can use this. Uh, Rusty Kirby, that comment is like, Giving a fat kid cake. Thanks again, Tony. Making us think and use our mind. This is why I listen. That's awesome. And Sue Ross. Yeah, just something I had wondered about. Absolutely. Yeah, that that word lumbano. Oh, that's an awesome word. Especially when you talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, And Sue, I can't get into it, but it's really awesome. Uh, Facebook user. Coming in late. Hope you were doing well. Hey, I'm doing really, really well. This This podcast has been pretty cathartic. Um, I meant to be four sections, four segments in by now. We're still on the first segment, but that's okay. I can always do another podcast. Um Carrying lumber, lumbano. Yeah, okay. That's a good mnemonic device. In order to carry lumber, you gotta grab hold of it and keep hold of it. That's lumbano. In fact, uh I, I would ooh. <laughs> Y'all, I don't need to go down this road. Um, I would be interested in looking at how that word parses out, especially in the verse. Uh, what, what verse in the gospel is it? That's so sad. Where Jesus tells Mary, don't t- you know, touch me not because I am, haven't yet ascended to my father. Again, the word is lumbano. I would be interested if that's a an active tense. Like, is it present active indicative? Uh, second person, which may you touch me not. I don't, know. John. If you if you have if you have your uh, Bible software handy, you may that may be something you could look up for us. See what the tense of that verb lambano is. All right. The fourth and final thing that we're going to discuss today about how Facebook or social media has been responsible for the death of common sense, instant gratification and reduced attention spans what rusty kirby just commented thanks again tony making us think and use our mind this is this is something okay uh let me go over here i'm gonna since john put it in there i'm gonna look and see what the tense of that verb is oh no where's my where's my e-sword my trusty rusty i gotta get in here hold on i gotta launch it I hope this don't shut everything down. Come on, East Sword. Hapto, hold on a second. Uh, John, 17, 21. I may be getting fact-checked in real time. No, 2017. 20? 17? Jesus says, touch me not. All right, the word touch. Y'all, it's not Lombano. Fact-check. This one, Look, this is why you need to be a noble Berean and study these things to see whether or not this old boy knows what he's talking about. Lombano is in the, um, anyway, L- Lombano is in John 16. All right. So it's still the, the same concept Rum uh, a uh, haptomahai or ha- haptomai is properly to attach oneself to it. that is, well, to, uh, It's of carnal intercourse with a woman or cohabitation to fasten oneself to or to adhere to, to cling to, and uh, to touch, to assail one. So it, it does carry with it the idea of Mary is not supposed to, probably is not supposed to grasp hold of the idea that Jesus is here the same way Lazarus was here whenever he was resurrected. And I hope the fact that I was wrong about the Greek term doesn't cause you to lose faith in me. Oh, yes, Jane is naughty. Uh, Jane, I appreciate you, but you, you, you got to go. Um, yeah, g- the LSB uses clinging. That's awesome. Yeah, I think clinging is good. Yeah, don't cling to me. Yeah, Jesus say don't cling to me. I haven't yet ascended to my father. So, Sue, it's not Lombano. <laughs> but, uh, I guess since we're doing this, we might as well. Um, oh, I'm trying to use the wrong mouse. Let's go to John 16 and then we'll finish our podcast with the last. Let's see, around 13, no, 17. Nope. Hold on. Well, where is it? Well, let me let me do this. I'm going to search in John. Expedient. Oh, it's verse 7. I thought it was 17. All right. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. All right. So why in the world was it expedient for the apostles that Jesus leave and that the comforter come unto them? All right, bear with me because I haven't done this in a while. Um, hold on just a second. got to do another search. How do you spell receive? There we go. all right, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you. So John fourteen seventeen Now check this out, even or, or even the spirit of truth. Well, and, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. This word receive is lombano, okay? Now, the, the why is it that the world cannot receive the spirit of truth? I thought that the truth will make you free. You will know the truth, and you know, the truth will make you free, so then the world should have been able to receive the spirit of truth. Well, receiving, we, we think of receiving as, um, giving something. Okay. Um, Wayne Vaughn, my Instagram ID is understanding the time, understanding the time. Um, but like if, 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 uh, well, if Wayne is on the camera with me, he says here, take this. Oh, I have received it. Well, anybody can receive it, but in the receiving, what do I do? Well, I've been given this water and now I've taken hold of it, and now Wayne no longer has it. In fact, nobody upstairs has it. People down the road don't have it. I can I can I can I can lombano this water, and nobody else in the world will have this particular bottle of water. Folks, that's what they did to Jesus. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, when He comes. When he comes to the apostles, the world cannot lombano. The world cannot lay hold on him and keep him stationary in one place. Why? Because he has no tangible corporeal form. Yeah, equipping the Father's ministry. Take hold of eternal life. Um. All right, good deal. Where are we at? Eric Troxel, uh, all due respect. What is the single topic? The subject keeps bouncing around, so it's hard hard to understand what your logic is. It's a confusing last seven minutes. Well, you got to pay attention a little bit. Um, it's a live stream, so the live stream follows the the viewers, the listeners, and I I, I read the comments and we talk about the comments. Um, but we have. The final way that social media has killed common sense instant gratification and reduced attention span. All right. The fast paced nature of social media, where content is consumed quickly and reactions are expected to be immediate, caters to and reinforces a desire for instant gratification. This dynamic discourages spending time on any single piece of content. On the Christianity Now group, I have put a piece of content out, and people have come on to argue with me, and I have defended the position, and because I did not get right back with them, They said, well, you obviously can't formulate a defense or answer my question, so that says a lot about your argument. And I'm like, it's just been two hours. I have a life outside of social media. You're not so important to me that I'm going to stay glued to my computer or to my iOS device and wait on your comment. You are not entitled to have that much access to me. Well, this environment can lead to shorter attention spans and a preference for superficial understanding over deep, comprehensive analysis. For those of you, my listeners who have been with me a long time, I guarantee you the synopsis, the synapse in your brain, the synopsis, the synapse in your brain, they're stronger. They run deeper because I challenge you on a deeper level. We don't just do a surface. We don't read. We don't, we don't, we don't just read it and take a surface understanding. Like the 1 Corinthians chapter 2 passage of Scripture. Well, the natural man and the spiritual man, and the natural man can't discern the spiritual things because they're of the Spirit. Okay, yeah, but what does that mean? Excuse me? Don't be insecure and make yourself a victim at a question. Do you gaslight much? I didn't make myself a victim as a question. I was simply asking because I started out about Jesus' wounds and ended up about a vocabulary lesson. That insecurity and cruelty showed real fast the second someone challenged you. Is that not ironic? Wow. I, I'm, I'm just. What gaslighting garbage. This. The, what this person, Aaron Troxell did. Is exactly what we spent the first 20 minutes of the podcast on. You come into a live stream 75% of the way through it. My suggestion is keep your mouth shut and don't ask your question until the live stream is over and rewind and go back and watch the whole thing. And then the reason the last confusing seven minutes were to you, will be made clear. But you came in, in the 75% or 80% of the live streams over, thinking that you ought to know what's going on. Proving my point, yeah. This Facebook user says, Spot on Aaron. Good grief. Yeah, y'all are just trolls. That's it. I ain't messing with that. I am going to leave this one up. I want to know who that Facebook user is. Spot on Aaron. Yeah, you're done. Social media also removes accountability for what we say. That it does. When speaking about scripture, however, we have the Bible to back us up. Fact over opinion. That's it. All right, let me... Yeah, that is that is wild. That's the wildest thing. I have never seen that play out in real time. All right, let me see. I'm curious to see what's going on here. Oh, yeah, right there. This idiot, Matthew T. Adams. We're going to um Okay. Interesting. He's going to be gone. What? Like, that is crazy. (laughs) Oh, all right. Let me do this. Because God is in charge. You're delusional, dude. All right, let me go here. I am going to well, there it is no I'm gonna have to edit this out in the in post, yeah, right there. Oh, you fool. Nobody proved me wrong. We just had a troll come in and then you like the troll. All right. And in fact, I absolutely love it when I'm proven wrong. I've been proven wrong quite a bit in my life and I always learn from it. So here's the thing. Here's where social media has gone to die. Or social media, common sense is gone to die. That's right. Angie B says your point's being proven repeatedly. I love this. Absolutely. Is that was that not crazy? Like that? Yeah. It's it's done. I, I think I got him. Um. <laughs> yeah. That evidently there was a workaround for that Matthew guy. That guy that that commented. Uh, that was just commenting. That was the same Matthew that I banned. And he just found a way to get in the uh, Christianity Now Facebook group because it's wide open anyway. But, yeah, that Aaron that came in, I didn't say anything out of the way to her. And she she was looking for something. I could have said anything, and she would have. Yeah, that, that's, that's caught. Well, I wrote an article on Substack called The Four Horsemen of Disunity. One of those horsemen is pearl clutching. I said something. Evidently it triggered her and she oh, I can't believe you. And that's that's pearl clutching. You absolutely cannot satisfy a person like that. All right. This has been very interesting and informative. And as Susan as uh, as uh hold on a say, as Angie B has stated um, it's pl- my, my, my point has been proven in real time. So that's wild. Oh, here it is. Calling me a snowflake. Don't worry. I'm going to a real Christian stream. No, you had a simple question and got insecure. No, that's that's not true. That's not true. All right. I'm gonna take care of that as we go. I'm gonna to go to a real Christian stream. Again, I, I've I've dealt with people like that before. They just go around hunting. There we go. All right. Well. I wonder, why can I not block this person? They may have me blocked. Good grief, how are you back? This is funny. Answer not a a fool according to his folly, lest thou become like him. So take him off. I don't know. Maybe you need to read the rest of that. Very interesting. All right. Let me go to, yeah, that's, that's, that's just wild. I'm, I'm going to edit all this out for the, for the upload, but I do think it's interesting. Um, I'm going to go to, uh, the Christianity Now group and see who this is. Oh, Ted Knight. I thought that was that other fella. Answer not a fool. Hey, Ted, I apologize. Okay. <laughs> this I don't like it when I'm proved wrong, <laughs> but I was just proven wrong. I know, Ted, you ain't got to explain yourself. That was me. I was all up in my emotions. I am not uh immune. To being emotional. And that's all I gotta say is that's that's what that was, and I'm sorry. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest i become like him. So take him off. Yeah, he's done. He's done. Just, I've never seen you type in all in all caps. So I thought for sure that was this other fella. <laughs> uh you think you think we need to be a little bit more careful from now, or you think I need to be a little bit more careful from now All right. Sorry about that, Ted. I was like, how in the world did that guy come back? But I I think, yeah, he's done. Um, Yeah, I I, got to. All right, folks, I think I want to quit while I'm ahead. I've done, I've, (laughs) I've, I've done attacked my good friend and brother, Ted Knight. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, I really appreciate every one of you. I'm going to edit this a little bit, uh, for the upload on Podbean, Apple podcast, Spotify, and tune in radio. And, uh, yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. Uh, I got to figure out this, this, this gal named Aaron and, uh, figure out how to get her where she, she can't do anything else. That was crazy. And, and you recognize that for what it is. Um, That's where somebody says, you know, I'm going to come in here and start a fight. And then they they come in and they, I mean, with all due respect, the last seven, what's the topic? The last seven minutes have been confusing. You've been all over the place. If that's not an insult, I'll eat my hat. With all due respect is just a way of saying, I don't respect you at all. All right. Grateful for thank you, Dinah Harden and Angie B. There is an art to argumentation and debate. It's more and more difficult to uh, even have a discussion. I enjoy your podcast because there is no posturing. That's that's pretty high praise. I appreciate you, Angie B. And um, Philip S. Carmen says, This is the craziest live stream yet. LOL must be a Friday and a full moon. But Philip S. Carmen, "Listen to this. Back in the day, before 2016, whenever Facebook's algorithm was not dampened, I'd have 60 or 70 people in a live stream like this, and it there would be people like saying the most vitriolic trolling stuff, and like, well, you're just stupid if you believe that, and I'm, and you just de- I, mean, I could th- there was there were times where I'd go live in the evening and I might live stream for two and a half and three hours. And it just, Facebook just keeps putting it out. But now their algorithm is different and it changed in 2016. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. (laughs) Ted, (laughs) no, sir, you don't. That was all me. That was all me. (laughs) I've got a story to tell now of how I, how I attacked my fellow brother in Christ and gospel preacher and night. Oh, y'all forgive me. I'm sorry. I I, I ain't going to lie to you. I feel really bad about that. Because I, I, like everything that I was talking about and how we don't need to get emotional. We don't need to react with our feelings. I was already, because of that gal gaslighting me, my, my emotion meter was about right up here. And then that guy, I got him out of the group. I couldn't figure out how to get her to where she couldn't comment. And then it just kept rising. And then I saw that one comment that I thought was from the other dude that I just blocked and my emotions just go boom. And I lashed out and The fella that I lashed out with, uh, lashed out against, is probably one of my greatest proponents and advocates. So, yeah, that'll teach you to be more careful or teach me to be more careful. All right, listen, I'm going to get off here. Social media, even whenever you're cognizant of its problems, it still dampens social media. (laughs) Tony yeah, you're human. We understand. I appreciate it. And Terry Crooks says, I've, I've dealt with people like this, but I don't give them a voice. I just ignore and keep doing what I have to do. Terry, that's probably the best thing that I could have done instead of reading the comment, even and just blocking them. But I go back to them old days of where it was like the wild, wild West. And it's not that way anymore. All right. I mean it this time, this has been Tony with Cogitation. I love every one of you, and uh, yeah, we're going to focus. And when I say we, I mean me. I'm going to focus as good as I think I do. Evidently, I still can get emotional and do stupid stuff. So I'm going to focus on not doing that, and I'm going to focus on being better. Don't let Facebook be where nuance and common sense go to die. God bless you, and we'll catch you on the flip side.